0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Nerds of Legend. I am Ben, next to me is Brendan, and below the both of us is Joel. That is ranked in superiority. Um, uh, uh, (laughs) So, today, we're going to be talking about the Badab Wars, and what it means for 40k, among a bunch of other fun things. Uh, As the next book, if I remember rightly, is Black Sun by Rebecca Roanhorse, And then we will be continuing our weekly episodes on Thursdays of Dungeons & Dragons. So, without further ado, Brendan,
1: take us off. All right. So, um, there's a fair amount of 40k streamers online. Uh, There's a fair amount of them that I rely on if I'm trying to get into a book series. As we know, the memes are legion. Mm-hmm. There are many, many references to how expensive and difficult the 40K universe is to get into. Um, I feel like I, I try to have my little niche of understanding the, the timeline with which ideas are introduced. And The Badab War is, uh, as most of the 40K storylines, uh, originally established in the 1980s. The first time we actually see it is in specifically White Dwarf issue 101, in May of 1988, it's really just a premise to uh, come up with more uh, Astartes chapters and more paint schemes this is back in the game when you were applying modern day camo to space Marines and they were the models were almost nearly in size with standard Guardsmen so you didn't have these uh, hulking Titans like you do today um, what ends up happening in a larger context is at that time if you think about... Let's see, have either of you ever been in a Warhammer store?
0: Not an official one. You know what? A Warhammer, a Warhammer
1: store.
2: Cataclysm is one.
1: Okay, so 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 not an official Warhammer store.
2: Right. Um. I mean, I was in the Games Workshop store. Okay. Yeah.
1: That's yeah. Yeah. They, they call them Warhammer now. They used to be called Games Workshops. Mm. Um. And I was. I've mentioned this before. I was very very fortunate to have. Uh, been in very close proximity to the Midwest Battle Bunker. Uh, you had 16 full-size tables. You had a, a full-size paint bar, 10 you know, ten uh, seats free paint. It was a really, really uh, good experience when you're 16 and penniless. You don't have to spend your weekends there. And by far, the most frequent matches you would see would be people with Space Marines playing other people with Space Marines. Mm-hmm. Or maybe people who have Space Marines and other people that have Imperial Guard. Um, if you think about it, every single box set that introduces you into Warhammer 40k is the Imperium of Man, the Space Marines versus some entity. Right? Mm-hmm. The second ed box, you had Space Marines going up against Orcs. The third edition of the box, you had Space Marines going up against Dark Eldar. Um, Dark Vengeance was the Dark Angels specifically against Chaos battle McCrack was ultramarines versus the tyranids there's always they they are the they are the corporate icon they are the face of the company every time you go to gen con ben will see this this august or go to depticon you will see a massive space the giant the
0: giant
1: it is Ultramarine. yeah yes. yeah it is the brand now if we think of uh historical context of uh space marines and the the gothic iconography of the imperium of man in this game they're essentially massive armor clad knights. They're space knights. I mean the Black Templars are their name are their name's it's taken the from name. yeah. order. <laughs> yeah. And
0: Dark and, Angels it, are pretty much just like Arthurian myth.
1: <laughs> absolutely. And a lot of times you see in terms of the Crusades or in terms of actual knightly orders, their autonomy and their power and prestige, especially going off in the Crusades, uh, ends up They usually end up in a row with the Vatican. Mm -hmm. Uh, You think of the Knights of Malta, you think of the Templars, you think of that Knights Hospitaller, you give them weapons, you allow them to keep their gold and prestige. They might not always listen to what you have to say. And very, very early on, we talked about this in our last episode, games workshop established as quickly as possible. It's a shame people don't realize this. Some people actually don't realize this, but the Imperium are not the good guys.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. You can consider them protagonists. Some people don't.
1: Yeah, yeah. Some people don't realize this, but a uh, a xenophobic, neo-fascistic, ruthless empire that executes its own citizens isn't necessarily an
2: ideal. And for not for not
0: for not falling into the status quo.
2: (laughs) Yes. You're telling me they're not the good guys.
0: The baddies. (laughs) We're done, folks.
1: Baddies.
2: We're done.
1: No more good guys. Yeah.
2: Yeah, um, this is it. Fuck, next, you know, you're gonna say that the chaos gods oh, are bad. Can't that, handle your shit. Right. So nobody's they, a good guy in 40k. Nobody's a good guy. There and, is and when, no such thing. There's like yeah, one shitty guy versus a shitload of other shitty guys with the Emperor like sneakily being shittier than the rest. <laughs> that's forty that's Warhammer in a nutshell. He's certainly a shitty dad, that's for sure. Yeah. And um, he really is. He's a garbage human.
1: And what's and what's quickly established, or the quickest way to establish that, is to bring in hypocrisy and to show the blatant limitations of the Imperium. Uh, the Badab of War is really, I mean, originally it's a pretense. What, nice.
2: what is the Badab War? Like you just, you just, uh, like who is it between? Right. Well, that's
1: the thing. It is. It is. Dueling Space Marine chapters, so it is. It is a. Uh, it's a. It's a. Like it's Harris,
2: a, like uh, Trader Trader no. Legions and this Imperium. No, Oh, no,
1: wow! It doesn't. Sound, oh it doesn't, shit! Doesn't like like. Really. So like this. The
2: custodians this, and the thunder. What is it? The Thunder.
1: Warriors, yeah. yeah so, thunder
2: warriors there.
1: so. in the context of the late eighties, the Thunder Warriors are a footnote mm-hmm. in 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 your books, mm-hmm. and the uh, Custodes, There's like one Custodians model. I think Jess Goodwin sculpted it. I might be wrong. Well, like One Custode's model, um, they're not really defined as forces you can play with until much more recently. In the time. So there's a lot of expansion and retcons of of lore today. Like um, the Ab War was revisited in 2010 with the Imperial Armor series, which were uh, it was a, it was essentially collections of, of camouflage and tank patterns and so on of different chapters. And in 2010, they revisited the Ab War because it really hadn't been expanded upon um since before before the uh the heresy became a big deal because remember they just finished with the end in the death they, they just finished the horse heresy book series it's i don't know the exact numbers it, it's in excess of of 50 books i know it's it may be more than 60 there's so many of them remember it was just a footnote in the in the uh, chaos source books that came out after road trigger which you talked about uh in our previous episode so the pretenses of all these great sweeping conflicts and stories that push the narrative and some miniatures were at their core creativity in a magazine. I can actually share the screen. I've got some scans of mm. yes. indeed. So this is, this is, this is the original index of starties. Uh, this is a four page article in White Dwarf Magazine in 1988. So Nix Astartes was a very vague title to be like, oh, hey, these are these are uh, listings in uh, you know in all of the books that the Space Marines go through. It, we're very much in the self-referential humor phase. You see that scene Imperial record, 1980 slash White Dwarf issue 101. So they're still throwing in little references. This is back when they're referencing fighting on the planet Kylie Minogue <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and so on. Um, well, uh, I'll soon introduce you to the Astral Clause. In, this, in 1988, they were known as the Tiger Clause. And, I, and we won't read through this entire article, but they won't even bring up the Maelstrom, which is a massive warp entity that um, is the reason why Space Marine chapters were stationed. Uh, so I they see, don't even I see, have...
0: I see the boy in this
1: book. Yeah, yeah. Luf, so um, Luft-Huron. <laughs> Luft-Huron is still the big bad. Uh, he's still the antagonist. But his chapter isn't even named uh, the Claws yet. I believe the the um, which are very popular, are known simply as the Space Sharks. You can see that we still have the Mark Six Corpus pattern power armor with the beaky helmets. Um, you still have camouflage patterns on Marines, which is increasingly less popular by the time you even hit as quickly as the nineties. Because it's a bitch. <laughs> it's a pain. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. You see, the Salamanders don't even have. Any draconian iconography? They I forgot them, this. Like, I
0: skulls. forgot the salamanders used to be yellow.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the salamanders end up uh, being uh, upgraded to one of the first founding chapters. Yeah. Now, right now they're, they're just sort of a name that's brought up in the of War. Um. Yeah. So Minotaur, like at no, this
0: at this ahead. time, Joel, uh, most of the 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 chapters that we know about today, or legions that we know about today, aren't a thing.
2: That's insane. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, it, it's essentially let's give them ideas to paint. Let's yeah. have people buy lots of boxes so this game uh, won't
2: show. It goes on forever. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You see here, uh, lamenters become far more popular. Yep. Uh, they're they as a blood angel successor chapter and they, their their long and arduous history of running into um, uh, pandemonium
2: and catastrophe. The sad. Boys. That uh,
1: that's established here with the Bad of war. You'll you'll hear about that soon. Helen Griffin's uh, become popular. My God, this
2: col- all these color schemes are high eighties glam rock. They're very wacky. Yeah. Very, like very it wacky. literally looks like the pants that all of the like Space Sharks like hair bands used to wear. Yeah.
1: So the space sharks are called the Carcardons. They now have like they're very like Maori, very Pacific Islander now. Um they have like tribal tattoos and back then they're like, Oh hey, put a shark on the armor. No. Um I-, I believe the Sons of Medusa are retcon. Oh no. Mantis Wars, here's the Mantis Wars. These these guys are pretty um, pretty uh, pre preeminently featured in this story. So just, just to give you an idea of where it started, very, very humble beginnings. It's a single page, half a page of explanation of the conflict by Rick Priestley, who came up with the rules for the game, and then a bunch of art, you know, by Marines. So that's that's very simply uh, the humble beginnings of the Bad Ab war.
2: It's, Marines are just black and white.
1: Yeah, blue and white.
2: Yeah, I'm probably yeah, It doesn't or... matter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, so, very humble witness. Um So I'll I'll read from the from the 2010 revisited, and just so you have, I'll, I'll give you some compare and contrast to just any large differences. But the Bad Abor, if you need to break it down into into like a sentence, it's really the first Marine on Marine cl- uh, conflagration uh, from from 40k. There's a lot more. Uh, well-known examples of the Imperium fighting itself. Uh, it's its a really powerful narrative mechanic to sell how messed up the Imperium is. If you've ever wondered why do Space Marines distrust the Inquisition so, you know, so quickly, there are stories, right? Uh, the Inquisition trying to exterminate the Celestial Alliance, the entire chapter. Um, and then the Black Templars being the founding chapter that, you know, it, it's one of their children when their successors is like, Hey, don't do that. Uh, the Grey Knights being ordered by the Inquisition to exterminate guardsmen from a planet that survived a chaos incursion, end up getting into a war with the Space Wolves because the Space Wolves go, hey, don't kill innocents. We don't like that. So all of these examples really start with the bad at war. And what ends up happening, uh, the the origins of this conflict are actually very, the road to hell is paid with good intentions, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it boils down to something as simple as taxation. So the Maelstrom is this massive naturally occurring warp entity uh one of the most uh frequent uh points of conflict in 40k is the idea that warp space uh is outside of reality and if you have psychic powers or if you're a chaos entity if you have the will if you have enough belief if yours have enough log you can literally create something out of nothing from pure belief and the warp is physical manifestation of belief made real so uh the eye of terror uh, which is now split the Imperium into two in the modern storyline, is where demons and, and, and massive creatures and Xenos and, and casmarins pour out into real space, is where trouble literally physically manifests. It, it's blown up the planet Cadia, it's under the Imperium in Twain, um, and so the Maelstrom is, is an idea of there being a naturally occurring, um, it's almost like a nebula, it's a naturally occurring uh, uh, warp space, because it is there, it is difficult to release, it is difficult to protect, and aliens live inside it and attack trade routes and so on. And so what ends up happening is, very similarly to the Vatican assigning nightly orders to protect the island of Malta or Sicily or areas along the trade routes of, of Jerusalem, you know, on the way to Jerusalem, the Imperium assigns space marine chapters to protect planets along the maelstrom. And those chapters are grouped into something called the maelstrom Orders and the Maelstrom Orders consist specifically of the Mantis Warriors, the Lamenters, the Eternal Guard, and the Astral Claws. Now, the Astral Claws are the antagonists of this campaign. They are a uh, renowned, venerable, well-to-do Space Marine chapter. They are tasked uh, with the primary goal of, of policing the Maelstrom with these other chapters. And uh, Lufthuron, their chapter master, there we go. Uh, is is a, a fantastic warrior, and this is a great honor, and so on. Now, what they end up finding is they start policing this area. I believe they, I believe it goes on peacefully for about 155 years. Which, again, with relativity, to us may seem like a long period of time, but the space marines uh, is not a long time. And when ends up like happening, two, it's, it's,
0: it's like a deployment, two year deployment.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing because because te- if you know anything about. Um, astrophysics a two-year deployment in one area if you're going far enough away from gravitational forces that may be a much larger period of time in another planet so it's the space marines flying around in the in, you know in, in, in the warp and whatnot this is nothing and what ends up happening is these chapters are getting fewer and fewer resources they're, ba- they're basically they send up to the boonies they need to police and fight xenos and and, and protect local planets but they're not exactly getting all the resources they want. And as always, they need to maintain an Imperial tithe. And so what ends up happening is, uh, uh, frequently space Marine chapters need to donate their gene seed, uh, to the Titanicus and they need to donate, uh, resources and so on. And the pure man death and taxes are no different. Uh, so Lufthuron is approached by what's called an Imperial tithe fleet. And it has the mechanicus uh, as, as well as trade vessels and imperial cruisers. And they work into the badap system, and they they go, "Hey, it's time to pay your taxes." And uh, here's the thing: Huron gets tired of paying those taxes. He his resources are stretched thin. His marines are are are, are fighting almost on a near constant basis. And he originally says that, "Hey, the Thai fleet refused to follow instructions on how to land, and they threatened me with violence." And uh, you know what, we're, we're Astartes, we're the, Emperor's, we're the Emperor's shield, and it's right to defend ourselves. And so what ends up happening is the, the Carthagins in the near west system are uh, enraged at the thought that these that tithe fleets go missing or if they're turned away. And they send two more punitive fleets into the Maelstrom zone over the next two years. All of these fleets disappear without a trace. <laughs> now, at the same time, there's, you know, there's all these raiders and there's pirates in this zone and they're disrupting trade. And that must be, you know, who raided the Tithe Fleet. Uh, we now know, in retrospect, that Huron was uh, uh, eliminating these threats to his coffers and to his resources. Now, it's, it's understandable. Um, Astartes are given a large amount of autonomy. A lot of times they're gifted with their own planets, with their own fleets. If they're if they're founding chapters, they were given massive, massive starships uh, by the Emperor himself. So there's many, many instances of marine chapters going, uh-uh, no thanks. Um, there are chapters that uh, historically are brutal to human occupants of worlds they're sent to protect. There are chapters that are indifferent at best. There are other chapters that are known the galaxy venerable warriors like the salamanders are very protective of humanity uh, the ultramarines are, uh, are about as boy scout as you can get but there are other chapters that are not so the astral clause can be particularly brutal and so what ends up happening is over time huron responding in this in this uh manner starts to go public and so he claims he's being persecuted and he calls upon his other maelstrom Warders and tells him hey the tithe fleets are going to be coming after you too. Our resources are being pulled thin. Lamenters, mantis warriors. I'm going to create something called the Articles of Justice Succession, which are essentially his grievances, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes, "Hey, why don't we separate the Maelstrom Zone from any other spe- uh, sectors? These planets are sending tithe fleets to us when we're assigned to protect them. Why don't we start protecting ourselves? We're, we're we're strung thin. We're we're losing marines left and right. And what ends up happening is the Maelstrom Warders more or less agree with Luthieron, and they go, "Hey." We're, we're we're getting more and more casualties. We need to protect ourselves. If they're not going to send us the resources we need, and they're just going to keep taxing us, we need to take we need to take uh, matters to our own hands. And uh, they're continuing their holy work of guarding the maelstrom uh, from any hypocrites. Now, as you can imagine, uh, these good intentions will soon go sour. So, what ends up happening is the the Cathargo, the Carthagins that, that that have been sending uh, tide fleets are like, hey, if these Marines are no longer taking care of us in the Maelstrom Zone, you know, we need to run to daddy. And uh, and so they let the, the segmentum general, the uh, the Imperium uh, administrators that, that run the sector, Naval Command, uh, they ask for help. And the Firehawk space Marine chapter is then tasked with going in and policing the area and figuring out what's going on. So you can only eliminate so many imperial fleets before the Imperium goes. You know what? Let's let's send in marines. And before you know it, and the year 904 in the 41st millennium. So chronologically, this is after uh, the Horus Heresy. But in terms of reality, this the storyline was first conceived of before the Horus Heresy was was even drawn out. So late 80s, all this stuff is being written at the same time. So so
0: so so is this? This is after uh Emperor got stabby stabbed.
1: Yes, so in okay. the storyline this is the 41st millennium. Okay. So who's um,
2: enforcing this rule then?
1: Uh the Imperial the Imperial tithe rule here is the, 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 Administratum. the, the, the Administratum. So um if you if you run <laughs> if you run afoul of the Inquisition, they could send in the Grey Knights after you, they could send in Imperial Assassins. Um the Siege of Rax very famously uh, the uh, administrator of the planet was getting a cult of personality going, and they go, hey, why don't we just send in an Imperial assassin? That backfired because they caught the assassin and killed him, and then the guy goes, see, see, they, they doubt my power, and then the whole thing boiled over to eventually a chaos conflagration. So it's very touchy when Marines are involved, because Space Marines are a whole different breed of animal. If they're humans, you could send in Marines to stiff-arm them, if they're you could send in Imperial fleets to scare the planetary administration. When you're dealing with battle-hardened Marines, what can we do other than send in more Marines? Now, there's, there's, there's not even... And, a
0: hope end, they, okay? and hope they don't decide to agree with those other Marines. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>
1: yeah. Now, now remember, this is a naturally occurring warp phenomena, uh, the maelstrom. So, there, as of right now, there's no chaos tint at all. No. Uh, the, uh, there's no Grey Knights, there's no or- Ordo-Malayas, there's no Ordo-Zenos involved. It's all, it's all very strictly, uh, an administrative issue mm-hmm. as of right now. So the firehawks go in system. So basically these, read- these
0: chapters weren't like full on chaos, like trader legions or trader chapters. They were just like, there, like trying to hold,
1: hold those types back. <clears throat> That's the thing they were initially, this initially was a great honor. They, yeah. they were, re- they were rewarded with holdings with planets oh, yeah. that they, that they could have, uh, for themselves. And um, even as early as the late 80s, they don't have they, they don't have um, elements like "Hey, you can only have 1,000 Marines per chapter and stuff" fleshed yeah. out yet. But even now, in, in in this period of the game, the Astral Claws expanding their forces to very large numbers is unsettling to other chapters and to the Imperium. Right. And so and so you see uh, narrative ideas that get expanded upon later in the game. So the Astral Claws are hoarding their resources. They're not paying their taxes. They're <clears throat> making fleets disappear. And so the firehawks are sent into the maelstrom system uh, to figure out the maelstrom zone, to figure out what's going on. So this vessel called the Red Harbinger, uh, a firehawks vessel, uh, enters the Endymion Cluster, and it's an area controlled by the Mantis Warrior. Now, as you recall, the Mantis Warriors and the Lamenters have had conversations uh, with the Astral Clause about the Articles of Just Succession, and they agree. So what ends up happening is the Red Harbinger refuses to stand down and explain its presence. It goes, hey, we're on Imperial business. The Mantis Warriors send out a naval force in the void of space to confront it. And they go, hey, you're Marines. You need to submit to the will of the Emperor. Instead, the Mantis Warriors open fire. So mm-hmm. they cripple the Red Harbinger. They board it with a detachment of Mantis Warriors. The Firehawks refuse to surrender. They, they uh, refuse the Mantis Warriors' authority at all. And there's a firefight, and it's wiped out.
0: And so... If I remember right, don't the Firehawks? Don't they? They they disappear, right? So this or this conf- this conflict.
1: Well, this conflict more 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 or less um, nearly eliminates it in this chapter. Right. And so there's all sorts of whispers of like, do the Firehawks become the Legion of the Damned? And, and yeah. that's a whole different. thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they were they were more or less created for this conflict for the purpose. of Expect mm-hmm. so. Uh, <laughs> with the fire, with the firehawks being fired upon by the mantis whereas you see something as innocuous as "Hey, I'm trying to protect my own men" exploding into conf- conflagration, and so the battle war begins. There's a brief parley to return prisoners from the Red Harbinger. Uh, there are re- uh, firehawk prisoners that are still alive, but uh, hostilities erupt from the rest of the chapter. The firehawks completely deploy their entire chapter spaceborne. Um, in, an, in a fleet, attempt to engage the Maelstrom Warders, all four of the chapters. This is clearly a bad idea, 4v1 yeah, on or not. 4v1, not
0: yeah. But honor battle, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. so they're, they're unable to bring the Mantis Warriors to, to, uh, to terms. The Mantis Warriors are famed for hit-and-run attacks. They're evasive by nature and refuse to have a, stand, a stand-and-fight battle. And guess what? The Fire Firehawks don't have the strength to engage all the system defenses of Beta. So uh, they tried to bait out the mantis warriors on the planet of Iblis. Um, they were refused. So the mantis warriors and the astral claws instead seize a border world of Sagan three, get more resources, and more more brutes further into the zone. It's it's kind of ironic. This uh, ephem- uh this this ethereal, uh, evasive, enigmatic nebula, right, is difficult to police, and therefore they need a marines. And guess what? Now the Marines who have turned on the Imperium are now using it to cloak themselves. Mm-hmm. And so it, be- it becomes this, uh, this standoff battle, uh, the firehawks start firebombing Iblis and destroying, uh, the only Mars class battlecruiser, uh, of the male's battle fleet, the sacred tetrarch in reply. So they, the ship that stationed there, they annihilate it. And of course, as always, there are to some extent, civilians involved. Mm-hmm. So the firehawks are forced into the defensive, uh, the Master Warriors, uh, Warriors outnumber them, and try to oust them from the zone by force. Uh, however, and the Firehawks go, we need more Marines, and then the Marines errants arrive. So you can see that this is starting to balloon out of control very quickly. Yeah. Now, this doesn't significantly change the fortunes of the Firehawks. The Marines errant, uh, their, their uh, straight cruiser elements, use half of their forces to protect Imperial shipping, because while this whole thing is going on, the Imperium still needs its shipping protected, the whole purpose for why all the Marines were sent here in the first place. So you see a lot of mismanagement of Imperial resources. Again, you see an, another example of, uh, of the massive uh, administration across this co- the cosmos being st- uh, strong thin and all of this red tape getting in the way of, this, uh, of the Imperium functioning. And uh, it's like, hey, you know what? The Clause may have overreached. They may be the antagonists uh, for this entire conflict. But again, their decisions were based in truth. And and we see the Imperium is not exactly run in ship shape. Right. In fact, uh, Rabute coming back, the first thing he goes is, the first thing he says is like, "What? What? Could you worship him as a god? What he expressly, what the Emperor expressively told you not to do." Yeah. So this is. This is a- <laughs> A very, very common. You game. worshipped
0: him when I expressly told you not to.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is another case of, <laughs> of hey, you know, the Marines' Errant, Hey, we're going to help you with some of our guys, but we, you know, we still have our duties. Meanwhile, the um, the Maelstrom Warders are fight are fighting to to exist at this point. Yeah. Now the now the uh, the Marines' errands also. Uh, then uh, here is the issue. If you remember, one of the chapters known as the, as the Lamenters um threw in their lots with uh the astral claws and with the mantis warriors now the problem is
2: like tiny that was a tiny chapter
1: yeah so so they are uh they're a successor chapter of the blood angels and so successor chapters are those that are founded after the horse heresy and so after the horse heresy because of this massive
0: because all the legions have to be broken into a bunch of tiny pieces
1: Exactly, because you have this Star Wars prequels level of ridiculous combat and it tears right. the, the pieces, they have rules in place because Marines can get out of control. So now you can only have a thousand Marines, you can only have so many, I think you only have, what, ten companies, and, yep. and there's limitations on how many spaceships you can have. And so what ends up happening is the Lamenters, having been founded as a successor chapter, can only be so large. And the Astro Plus, they're not playing by the rules. Yeah,
0: they're, um, not, they're not listening. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they're not donating their gene seed to the Adeptus Mechanicus, which we find out later actually is is for good because Belisarius call um comes I want to
2: do an episode on Belisarius. So is this, I so to at his this point is, is like a
0: sociopath. Does that mean at this point like the Adeptus Mechanicus like is like questionable? Do you mean by that? Or
1: so so by this point in the narrative the Adeptus Mechanicus is already established in Rogue Trader. It's, yeah. it, it's, the Imperium, the Ordo um, uh, Assassinorum and, and the Ordo Malleus and all the stuff are actually defined very early on in the very first rulebook. Huh. But we don't have an idea of their size, of how many there are. You don't get to play them as a faction, really. I, I remember in the late 90s, early, early aughts, being like 11 and 12. In the, and I remember there's a, a mail order program called Skulls. Where if you buy enough minis online, you get points called skulls, and you can use them. You buy enough stuff, you get free stuff, and you could get exclusive skulls, uh, adeptus mechanicus miniatures. Mm-hmm. And you get you get a set of them if you get to buy like two grand worth of minis. Oh, never buy. <laughs> Fuck and you uh, At least yeah, they're I mean,
2: consistent. Their business model has not changed. Oh no! In the no, decade, I, said,
1: I spent all of my formative years in my childhood. Buying very small amounts of miniatures from older hobbyists who were trying to offload their junk and looking at painted minis and magazines going, how will I ever obtain these? Um, as Ben and I now know, you get, a I, base, I, you get a basement and things start to get out of hand. <laughs> yeah, but when you're 11 and 12, all you can do is look
2: look in the don't, I don't, I don't have that issue. All of this stuff is my wife's stuff. <laughs>
0: They're like... She's hey, you got a little. Went... You have a little like cave that you could turn into into a paint workshop.
2: Why would I paint? I don't know. <laughs> oh, fine, be that way. You haven't tried it. I have tried it. I painted a shitload of D and D minis. That was terrible. Liar. Being well, that's
1: why I have a paint bar. So if you don't want to paint in your basement, I'm fifteen minutes away. No,
2: I I need I need the colors because like colors not good with. Um, gotcha. I literally need them to be like ultramarine blue. I need the bottle to say it. And I'm like, all right, right, I can do that. I can color match. I just can't pick it out mm-hmm. myself.
1: Yeah, and um, the that, color the hand blindness, eye, the hand-eye coordination of painting—that's
2: I, I, the glad... fun part.
1: Yeah, I'm glad. I, I'm glad I had my teens to to sort of fumble around because I have a lot of friends who their initial um, reservation, even getting into the books and the story, is how do I paint these minis. No. And so, it, so I was really lucky to to have the battle bunker around, to uh, to fumble around and 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 ruin some plastic.
0: And then I just I, went full send.
1: <laughs> and, and Ben is a, he goes, he goes, I'm gonna slap some paint, get going, which is very orky.
0: <laughs> I just did, I just did what my faction calls me to do.
2: <laughs> I just it. find it yeah. funny, like as a person who, like, I, I, when it comes to the role playing and all this stuff, is I'm the newest one to all of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
2: D- Dungeons and Dragons, Warhammer, all of it. Like I started in like 2017, and mm-hmm. um, all of you were like deep into it years before. No, I. Got, and, I feel like I got into Warhammer later than you did. I just didn't. No, we're talking all of the, the oh, okay. tabletop. You were playing 3.5 and all the other yeah. stuff. Then. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I'm fascinated by the fact that Warhammer seems to have created. I know I'm totally detracting from everybody. From the entire topic you have. But painting is not what I would be like. This is the selling point for my entire thing. You're going to get these minis. You're going to pay tons of money for it. And then you have to do all the work to paint it.
0: Put it together. And and paint paint it. You're forgetting the 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 put it together
2: part. Yeah, and a group of nerds are like, I've never been so turned on in my whole life. And you're (laughs) like, how the fuck does that happen? Because you tell me I'm going to be able to play a game But I've got to assemble it and color it first. I'm like, fuck this. Well, I'd say I'd say (laughs) it like started
0: based off of like that. You know, there's it started based off of you know it was a hobby store and they're like they had you know they were selling model cars and shit. I assume first. Yeah, yeah. Like that.
2: We we covered this in the previous episode, Joel. And then, but you could tell it to me all day long. The fact of the matter is that it is a booming business where people are like, that's the wrong color, yellow, as they're pretending to be a 40,000-year, like, robot that's Like, fair, all this wild shit. Dude. And you're
0: like... To be fair, if someone yells at you, you can just go uh, that it's the wrong color. You just go, fuck you, it's a successor chapter.
1: Yeah, oh, it's a it's a variant. Or, yeah. oh, oh it's, it's my own chapter. And and so,
2: you see... <laughs> I like just leaving it with, fuck you. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know when you got to give all the extra words.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you look at this, at that first uh, four pages in White tour about the Battle of War, and that's what it is. That's just, hey, let's get the juices flowing for a bunch of teenagers. Uh, give them some ideas yeah. about
2: it. I mean, it, it's wonderful because people have, like, when we went to Cataclysm the first time, I don't know if Ben was there, but, like, I went there, and, like, the guys could not stop to show you their displays of all the armies they painted all the vehicles they painted. And like, it is definitely like an autistic's dream. Like to be able to be like, ah, you come to talk about the one thing I love more than everything. Fuck. Yeah. And not only is it like the thing they love, but it's like, now it's cool. Like, not only is it like, I love this. You're like, holy fuck. I love this too. And they brought all these people together these socially awkward nerds who now are like, I love this. You know
1: I I I like how you're pretending
2: you're uncomfortable, like you're not the most sociable one of the group that presents better than all of us. Fuck off
1: (laughs) to be fair, being very detail oriented about a very nerdy subject, having spent a lot of my a lot of my White Castle money, you know, at a hobby store in my teens, seeing uh, the video games selling as well as they do, seeing Henry Cable getting the keys to the kingdom with the show, being executive producer. Dude, it's you, gonna be awesome. If you told me at fourteen and fifteen that it would reach the, the heights of mm-hmm. of being being other than Harry Potter and James Bond, like the the preeminent UK uh, IP export, yeah. I'd be like, no way. But it's that's, that's also like it's telling... just
0: interesting because I feel like it's it's this is still off topic, but it's like it's it's sort of like in the middle of a renaissance right now with Tenth Ed. They just made it more Oh, yeah? Accessible than they ever have before. They...
2: In addition, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. in addition to that, like you think about it, like I was raised as I say all the time, part of the Satanic Panic, and the mm-hmm. fact that D D is out in the open now and not played by a bunch of occultists in their basement. Like mm-hmm. you would have told me that in the 80s, I'd have been like, "No, that's not possible," because the devil isn't. We have to defeat the devil. But no, it's everywhere. I have a shitload of shirts that I play that I wear that have Dungeons and Dragons stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. It's so like this world is like a very comfortable place for nerds now. Yeah. And I think it's it's very freeing because like you're not ostracized for your creativity if it's not something that's, you know, music or sports as yeah. it was when we were younger. And um it's for those of us that are more on the artistic side or more on the awkward side that would like to sit in our basements and, you know, write stories as opposed to, like, play football or whatever. Like, it's it's very comfortable. And I it's like entire, this entire
1: podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 So it's, it's. I mean, we're all sitting in our basements right now. So
2: <laughs> talking, <laughs> talking about Warhammer. Yeah. What's um, strangely is uh, it's also we have our wife's accoutrement in various places too. So yes, that shouldn't yes. be. That we are all be married. Hard. Yeah, yeah we, all, weird.
1: We, all, we are all married. That's because our all, wives don't know about this podcast. To be, to, <laughs> to be fair, my, uh, my wife was like, What are
2: you talking about today? So no. let's be honest. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, mine my, my joins in for the books, but that was pandering to her from yeah. Jump. Like, Please tell me we're cool. <laughs> I've I've been real cool. Um yeah, and and that's what all that's all that matters. You're cool that's to me Joel sometimes. But, but the thing is who is? What what'd you say? Nothing. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. See,
1: I I have always found the, the Lamenters be very cool. They are the they're the back uh they're my wallpaper. On my on my phone.
0: There's just the reason I keep the, asking. They're the, the poster everything. boys of getting their asses kicked over and over and over again, but they're still around. Yes. Yeah. They, I
2: just remember an Adeptus ridiculous episode about the the Lamenters, where they keep talking about how they have to go through this thing where they cannot get any more. Like they got to go a hundred years or some shit, where they can't get any yeah. more recruits, and still there's like two left or some shit. And I'm like they get owned constantly and they're always like, all right, no recruits for a hundred years. and There's six of us left.
1: That was, that was my introduction to the bad at war. Um, being, being a blood angels player. That is, that is uh, in terms of a fighting game. They're my main right They're My premier faction is, is, is blood angels and the Lamenters are a successor. So they are a chapter descended from blood angels. Gene seeds. So reading up on my chapter, reading up, reading up on, on what I play. I first, you know, um, learned about them. And I'm like, Hey, how do I trace the, this, uh, trail of grief to its beginning? Uh, the Lamenters, you know, their Genesis comes from the bad of war and this is their first story of, 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 uh, you know, some people say they're cursed. Canonically in the story they're they're said to be one of the only blood angel chapters that has conquered the red thirst and the black rage, um, at least more so compared to the other ones, but they're always dour and they're always melancholy, <laughs> and I wonder why. <laughs> um, so the issue that happens they, here they is they
2: neglected all the cool parts of being a vampire. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, well, here's here's the thing. So so the Lamentors are loyalists. They're fiercely loyal to the to the emperor, but their numbers are being stretched thin. They've thrown their lot in with the Mantis warriors. And the Chernigov guard and the astral claws—they um, want some camaraderie with their fellow chapters in the maelstrom. But it's starting to get out of hand, and and <laughs>
0: like we so, did not sign up for
1: piracy. We just didn't want to get taxed all the time. We did. We did not sign up for piracy. <laughs> yeah. we're just not. We're just not getting more. You know, more ammunition. And so what ends up happening is the and firehawks. Are,
0: <laughs> the the firehawks
1: are getting hammered by, by the, the Maxis warriors, and they request aid from the Marines' Errant. And the problem is, Marines' Errant and the Lamenters are tight. They are bros. Oh. They are so close as chapters that they, in fact, have a blood oath. So the they have these they have these honor these honor binds together. The Marines Aaron and the Lamenters are really close. They both fought in the Corinth Crusade in six ninety eight. Now this is the year this is year nine zero four. So a little more than two hundred. Um, Two hundred years for Marines in space travel is nothing. It's like and five so, years like, later. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So the the lamenters and the Marines aren't. You're like, you know, they got stiff Like, hey, fight, and they're like, we don't wanna. <laughs> and so they were, essentially, they were they had series of uh, of actions that had no results. They 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 were pulling their punches. They did not want to kill their 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 battle brothers and were avoiding conflict, yeah. which was t- ticking off. The rest of the chapters.
0: left here on in the Manus Warriors.
1: Yeah, yeah. They were not happy. So, to, so what ends up happening is the executioners were then blood sworn to help the Astral Claws. So the executioners send a small force to the zone on the side of, of those who are rebelling. And so you can see it's just like World War One, right? Yeah, Everyone's yeah. It's just like... To protect each other and it's becoming this, this it's getting out of hand.
0: Yeah, it's literally World War One because it's like, hey, we, we swore that we'd always help you in this thing. And then, you know, it starts off this whole like chain reaction of just like ever expanding fighting yeah. countries or
1: ch- chapters in this case, but countries. <laughs> yeah. And so at this point, the majority of the combat is happening in in the void. It's all space battles. Mm-hmm. The uh, Battlefleet Cathargo, the, the trade lords, those that the marine chapters were sworn to protect, effectively are knocked out of the war by the end of a year. And it very quickly becomes a purely marine versus marine conflict within within a year. Hmm. Marines errant get weakened and enraged, um, or um they get engaged by Mantis Warriors, uh, the Mantis Warriors uh destroy their command structure, the Marines Errant retreats, and so the problem is none of these chapters is being eliminated, they're just getting very, very high rates of casualties. so, what do they do? They keep asking. For more Marines. Yeah. At this point, by nine oh five, in the forty first millennium. So it's 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 just it's already just been a year of open conflict. The High Lords of Terra, the, those who um, run the Administratum and run the Imperium, go. We can no longer ignore the Maelstrom.
2: <laughs> is, How many is, years have they been fighting at this point in time? A year.
1: Just been an entire year of space Marines killing each other. They go. We have. <laughs>
2: That sounds it? like a, this sounds like a history class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where they're we like, have, hey, they're fighting over. Oh, yeah. like, uh, really? next up on the target. Uh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have eight
1: space marine chapters in open warfare. They've, they've, they've just, they've, they've just and how joined... many are
2: there at this time?
1: So, so t- technically, there are eighteen founding chapters. Two of right. them we going to think about, and I think there's what, like, a total of a thousand chapters of a thousand marines is, is supposed to be like. The, it, the number is is mercurial. It's always shifting. Yeah, so you had eighteen
0: legions, and of like of that, you've got a thousand chapters, half of which are now gone. So around maybe around five hundred space marine chapters.
1: Okay, so a yeah.
2: lot. Yeah. So but, several.
1: Um, yeah. But if you th- if you think about it in a quantitative sense, in a mathematical sense, the Imperium has what like a billion worlds. Or yeah. Something like that. It, a million. It, a million. Yeah. A million worlds, billions of people, trillions yeah. actually. So if you have a million worlds and only 500 active space, marine chapters, though you do not have the numbers to maintain your holdings. Yeah. And so the maelstrom zone going bananas into open warfare is not something that you can deal with when it's uh, when the whole purpose of sending Marines there in the first place was, it was a major trade route. They're like, this is getting out of hand. Right. Mm -hmm. What do they do? They send Segmentum Solar reserve naval vessels. They send the Inquisition. Some now the Inquisition is involved.
2: They oh, good. Demand, and they, they never make
0: anything. and they and they always and they always make everything better.
2: Oh yeah, 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 the Inquisition yeah. don't cause any problems whatsoever. Spotless, spotless, they, spotless I would record. I go so far as to say flawless, <laughs> flawless implementation. Flawless. Yeah, and zero issues ever.
1: So what? So what do they do? They enter the system. They they demand everyone stops fighting. They're
2: like, hey. <laughs> That's so, it. So, yep. You know. Hey, hey, hold on.
1: This is public, Here. public messages to like everyone. Stop those who, those who, who, uh, who
2: join the. <laughs> all of so you. So they're surrender. essentially they're like a they're like a celebrity who's like hey now tweet sent. Yes, Done my yes. good deed.
1: Hopes and prayers. I just thoughts I just, and I, prayers. Yeah. I just cause world peace. It's like the <laughs> Kylie Jenner Pepsi commercial. Like I stopped all violence by opening Pepsi right it's like no
2: that's there, not the case. don't you remember that the years of peace that ensued following that oh yeah right oh oh wait no no according to my notes that didn't work at all mm-hmm. um so Are you this is why you don't understand anything
0: so what did they offer in exchange for surrender
2: I'm uh, not destroying him. them outright there you go yeah there's
0: there yep there's today. the caveat <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so, and so you stop
2: her. it or i'm going to punch you harder
1: yeah so leave her on immediately rejects this. So the Inquisition declares that all secessionist chapter masters should be arrested. All of their rights, all of their holdings, all of their resources are forfeit. They are now officially um, traitors to the Imperium. And so they spend- They're they're uh,
0: excommunicado or whatever.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Ex et Tratoris, right? Yeah. And so the. Uh, I love it.
2: I love how consistent they are in every story is to just be shittier, shittier than the last surrender one. Surrender or die. Surrender yeah. They're like, we need to stop this conflict. You better stop it. We're going to fuck you up. They're like, uh
0: so, oh. So, so let me get gonna... this right. So the Inquisition, you know, yes, very merciful. Uh, their, your options are <laughs> surrender and die or die.
2: Right. Uh, I, See, the thing. That, they, that, is, that is a style that has a 100% predictable outcome that's why their numbers and their track record is so good
1: let's put it this way Space Marine 2 has yet to come out Space Marine 1 ends with Captain Titus being uh, arrested by the Inquisition and the Black Templars and the game ends on a cliffhanger everyone pursues the worst because again the Black Templars are militant they don't even like the Inquisition and they, and they show up with the Inquisition to arrest what? the protagonist of the game. The fact that he shows up in Space Marine 2 with additional service studs for additional centuries of service, the fact that he has the Crooks uh, Terminatus, the fact that he has a sword pendant from the Black Templars, it's like, how did you... Sur- like, there are, what, did you <laughs> there are not many stories... What did you do? There are not many stories of you surviving the Inquisition when you're suspected of... of being tainted by chaos, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as I said earlier, the space wolves openly engage the Grey Knights in warfare for murdering innocents, just presuming that they could be tainted by chaos. So, <laughs> the, so, it's called caution.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah It's called I mean,
2: being cautious.
1: There's a reason to believe that they're like we might as well keep fighting, or else we'd be dead anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, again, uh, that angst and that and that uh, that eye rolling uh, is very, very unbrand. And so the better part of, of year nine oh five is them just assembling more Marines. So they call the Red Scorpions chapter, the Raptors chapter, the Salamanders chapter, who get far more important in the story after the Bad of War, and the Fire Angels chapters.
0: Because like basically uh, when these when these books are coming out, legions aren't a
1: thing yet, right? So so legions are established in Rogue Trader. Right. Um Again, this was published in an article called the um, the uh, the Index of So, so it's it's sort of like when Logan was established as as Wolverine, you didn't know. know his name was Logan, and you didn't know that he was part of the Weapon X program. Like he right. debuts in '77, you don't learn about him until what, like '86, Weapon mm-hmm. X. So yeah. he's out for a long, long time before you even think like he's, you just know, he was cool for years. You didn't know how cool. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we know space Marines are cool. We don't know the complete, uh, limitations of the chapters. We don't, we don't really know totally what happened in Force heresy yet. Mm-hmm. Remember I'm reading the bad of war from 2010 established in, uh, you know, to the facts. Yeah. It's, it's one half page. The entire conflict is one half page in 1988. Yeah. In fact, we they don't even have, the, uh, the maelstrom yet. It's just considered a, a, a Marine on Marine conflict. So, so a lot of this is retroactively grown and you can see the glacial speed at which the hobby kind of grows. I mean, I'm in, I'm in my mid thirties at this point and two of the Primarchs are alive in the current school If you uh, told me when I was 12. That I want, I want the lion so bad. <laughs> that, that, that I can't wait for the lion. Back, like I wouldn't believe you for a second. So mm. the fact that the fact that Rabute is back. And Lionel's back. The fact that they've established that the psychic entity of Sanguinius is not destroyed, there's a chance, you know. So, I mean, the fact that, that this stuff has happened, anything can happen. Story. But this stuff moves about at the speed of comic books. It take it takes its time.
0: I just want I just want hermaphrodite uh, Fulgrim to show up because that'd be hilarious.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: or or crow crow mutant Corvus and yeah, and, uh, and and Wolfman uh uh Wolfman Lehman Russ. Right. Yeah, yeah. It'd yeah. be great.
1: Absolutely. So yeah.
0: Salamander yeah, a... uh freaking uh, uh salamanders. Uh Vulcan Vulcan showing up and he's like half orc now because his DNA fused with the with the <laughs> beast. <laughs> It'd be wild. Anyway, sorry.
2: Vulcan so, is a, there is supposed to be a return for Vulcan, correct?
1: He, he is he is alive with the story, and uh, people have money, so science point is yeah.
2: science, point to, yes. <laughs> science <laughs> point to yes, point to yes. You GW, know, what I mean, he was established talk. as a perpetual right out and, the, right out the gate. And right. we were
0: talking and we were talking about this before, like the other day, Brennan is like, uh, I mean, like I know like GW gets a lot of heat, but like I feel like for certain things that they do, but like the last like six months or two a year. They've been making some good moves.
1: There's nothing more uh, Games Workshop fandom. There's nothing more aligned with it than disliking Games Workshop. Right. right. Because for so many years, there were decisions that were made that felt like you're shooting yourself in the foot. Are you allergic to money? And now, they're just... They're just I doing thought it. I, was done, I thought I was done buying 40K. I thought I was done buying... <laughs> Silly bitch, a you were hooked at birth. My brother buys Leviathan, and what do they do? They bring back Epic 40K. Well, mm-hmm. it's Epic 30K, but they bring back Epic, which is um, small-scale. Like, So whole squad is this big. Ep- Epic-scale warfare is where the name comes from. Yeah. I'm like, you guys brought back Epic. How much money can I afford to spend on miniatures? and am trying to go here. <laughs> what's, right? what's, what's, just, my <laughs> what's
0: my monthly spend? What's my monthly spend? Yeah, so it's just,
1: just when I get out, they pull me back in for <laughs> just, just, uh, the 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 imperial tithe. That it's just
0: like uh yeah, I was talking to another friend of mine who's a big 40k guy. He's like, he's like, I, I was giving you all my stuff because I was good. I was done with 40k with ninth ed and then 10th ed shows up and he's like, actually,
1: this is really good. So I'm, I'm back in boys. <laughs> it's, it's finally introduced. I'm going to
2: need that back, ben.
1: <laughs> Yeah, Finally introduced downloadable army lists. And it's all, <laughs> it's all on an app. It's all online. It's all like the, the Leviathan rulebook. That came with the box set yeah it's so much it's so good it's got so much in it yeah i'm at the point now where i can't believe i ever didn't want from rs because the miniature like the larger scale they just look so good like i can't even look at old tech squads anymore with god going oh they're too small it's
2: so much easier to
1: paint (laughs) paint you got these big hulking uh you know post-human uh uh, transhuman individuals on the battlefield it looks so cool yeah so they they, they got my wallet it, it's hooked,
0: hooked look, at, look at this captain look at it he's so it's pretty too, it's
1: too cool it's too cool he's got the base and everything yeah he's so pretty <laughs> no like my, my, my favorite part of the battle war is what is how the the inquisition handles their their investigation so after a year of raising. uh fighting multiple marine oh. chapters yeah so a year of fighting and then they spend the better part of year 905 terra um collecting uh space marine chapters to go into the maelstrom and this and for all the marines errant and the firehawks the two chapters they sent to quell In the, the, the rebellion place. are ordered to stand down for questioning so they they basically disengage from the maelstrom for the better part of a year to be questioned by the inquisition so so, firehawks... that, so then
0: all these other you know chapters get to like just sit there and rebuild, exactly. Yeah.
1: Again, more examples of administrative misuse, right, mm-hmm. and mishandling, and um and what happens is the firehawks only agree to stand down if they're allowed to firebomb a mantis warrior world uh, in revenge, and so it, the war's starting to get, to get dirty. Yeah. Now the trade lords of the maelstrom those who the marines were assigned to protect yeah the in, the, the inquisitorial investigation found them guilty of trying to stiff arm the space marine chapters for their tithes and they sentenced the entire population of their principal world to six generations of indentured servitude <laughs> so there you go you know what we need a scapegoat for this marina marine conflict you guys were too hard on the astral clause we're gonna put this on you they're all forced to be slaves for six generations. So, so this is like, the,
0: so are these guys the actual ones that like caused, like they sent this tithe fleet or whatever? Or...
1: So they're the ones that sent uh, provisional naval ships along with the Mechanicus to collect the dues on behalf of the Imperium. Yeah, and so
0: without any evidence that they were gonna go there in the first place, obviously. Yeah. So,
1: so those who were sent to collect taxes on those who were rebelling were found responsible for starting the conflict. Because they not a bad move,
0: honestly. That's like that's like the that's one of the first things I've heard by like the Inquisitors Inquisition as a whole making like
1: maybe an okay play. <laughs> I was gonna say like you know the Astral Claws bungled this. They did not handle this properly. This is one of the few stories with Inquisition. They've been much worse. Yeah, they they've ordered the extermination of millions of survivors of a chaos incursion. Just to make sure, there's, you know, the, the kitchen. There is, squeaking. there's none left. <laughs> right, right, right. And so this is almost like, hey, it's, it's, they took their time in an investigation, and they, they're not wrong. Yeah. You know, yeah. So then, uh, so the Battle of the Silent Reach happens in in 906 of the 4%. it's So largest naval battle of the war, the combined fleets of the Red Scorpions, the Segmentum Solar Reserve, Lamenters, and Battlefleet Maelstrom all collide in conflict. Mm-hmm. Relatively few vessels are actually destroyed, and it was determined as an inconclusive battle. So with Marine on Marine, it's still... We're two years into this conflict, and it's still more or less a draw. Because
0: unless they're like, one has overwhelming force over another, it's just going to, like, it's just stalemate, I assume, right? Yeah. Just because that's how yeah. Marines are.
1: Yeah, and, and, and again, we, we've already established that some of the chapters are bros, and so they, they're not necessarily interested in... in
0: they're like, oh, yeah, we're totally fighting here. That's just like, yeah, we're totally fighting the Marines there. And of course.
1: Yeah. yeah. So the, the Red Scorpions and the Nova Marines have newly arrived as well. And they're insult- uh, uh, assisting the world of, of Anaya. And the Loyalist forces um, were, were, were pushed out. However, the executioners finally arrive on the side of the secessionists. And they're adept at performing powerful hit-and-run attacks. And so, the Firehawks, the Marines, Errants are back up to strength, and they re-enter the conflict. And so now there's nothing but a stalemate. Mm. Uh, the Minotaurs arrive, and the Minotaurs are actually uh, a chapter that are, are more popular now than they ever have been. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of compendium books that have come out in the past ten years that have stories from various chapters, and the Minotaurs are sort of like aren't they? You can reduce a, a space marine chapter to a gimmick like a wrestler. Yeah, like. In professional wrestling, and it makes sense. Isn't so, their
0: whole thing is they only go all in? Like they, mini- like if they if they agree to like engage, they will they like they will like just literally only put the full strength of their chapter into the engagement.
1: Yeah. So the Minotaurs yeah. are space Spartans. Yeah. And the Lamenters are basically really weepy uh, space cursed wow. individuals, right? These crocardons are space Maori. The mm-hmm. Astroclaws are 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 your ostentatious, self self-absorbed kind of kind of like Emperor's Children vibes a little bit. But again, they're not tainted by chaos at this point. Who are but they? Are space they a su-
0: successor chapter for the em- Emperor's Children, or what? Who are they? A successor so chapter. So the
1: for? so there are a lot of rumors <laughs> and hearsay. Yeah. Because I know Karkaradarns, we don't
0: know who they're. It's it's thought that they might be a. Um, yeah. That they might be a successor chapter of the Crow People. The Raven Guard.
1: Raven Guard? I think so, yeah. Yeah.
0: But they also could be world eaters, is what I've heard.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So, orig- remember, originally the Astral Claws were called the Tiger Claws. They um. retconned the Tiger Claws into being a chapter descended from the Astral clause oh. and so because the Astro clause are excommunicate Taurus we actually don't know what they what chapter they descended from so there's all these rumors yeah about, about if a chapter doesn't have a definitive successor there's always rumors yeah you go on you want to Worcester.net you like look
0: at them and look like, how do they act right, maybe right. they're this one but they could also be this guy but they could also be this one you know.
1: So again, this conflict, this conflict is still going. To work. I'm like, I'm a little more than halfway through. <laughs> so, a nice oh, are
2: we gonna do, are we gonna do another uh, part two next week? Already uh, got,
0: a, or do you got a little bit more time. I could go until I'm, seven. I
2: can, I can I, do until six thirty only. Oh, I can, so. I, I can wrap up the conflict in one episode. I what, what <laughs> we're fine. I'm fine with uh, going back and doing a second part.
1: Yeah, but I, I mean. It's it's a lot of like references to to maps and and so on. <laughs> we, we we don't. Have so to, you're
2: we, super jazzed about it because
1: I I am yes. What I like and what viewers like is not always going to line up. <laughs> <laughs> we we've established, we've established we've established I I have attention to detail that may or may not be be contrived uh, be, be What we so,
2: this is new.
1: Yeah right. Um, I have no clue. So Luft at some point <laughs> proposes a parley, uh, commander Ortis, I believe of the red scorpions. Yes. Uh, agrees to meet with him. Mm-hmm. And then chapter master Sartak of the Mattis warriors, they all meet together in the planet Shadim and it's called the Betrayal of grief because it was dis- it was disrupted by a third party force of chaos origin and in a free for all Ortis and Sartak are killed by chaos. And so what ends up happening is, and the
0: blame is laid at Huron's feet, I assume.
1: Yep, yep. And then the Holland Griffins are thrown in, and the Sons of Medusa join. And at this point, it's 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 a cacophony Wait, those of two,
0: chaos. Are, those are ones that were sent to like quell this rebellion, right?
1: Yes.
2: Ha! Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, well, I again, love this. <laughs> I, again, they're not no, no, they're not the forces of chaos.
1: They they just arrived to join the fight. No, but then they decided to join the fight with Huron. I believe the Griffin, the, I believe the howling Griffins are loyalists they are just, they're descended from ultramarines and they're, they're like, they have these oaths that are so long they put them on. Yeah. So I think I'm going to guess that they stay loyal uh, as I recall. And, um, so yeah, they, they, they activate this thing called vengeance station, which is a powerful forward base in the maelstrom zone. Um, Red Scorpions conduct raids on the Astroclaw space lanes, the Sons of Medusa, the Nova Marines, um, pin down secessionists. The Firehawks, at some point, emerge as victors over the Lamenters. And I know for a fact the Lamenters are, are, are nearly exterminated from the conflict. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Raptors, Salamanders, and Fire Angels have a victory over the Astroclaws again the three. The Raptors and Salamanders relieve the besieged of world of Cerngrad. Again, the, all of these ancillary battles are established around 2010 m- much, much later on after the original story. Yeah. Um,
2: the reason Aaron have to
1: retire for the campaign because they've taken losses that are that heavy, the executioners, uh, the rest of the executioners arrive, they fall upon, uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, they, they engage the Helen Griffins who stay loyal and inflict tremendous casualties upon them. The Helen Griffins have to retire from the campaign as well. So th- at this point, it's it's a tug of war, and all we're seeing are dead marines.
0: Yeah, the
1: the Magist Warriors at a time out when out. we just need we need lo- a
0: lot more live marines.
1: Yes, the Magus Warriors briefly pull out to reinvade their own territory because the orcs decide to invade, and wow. uh Astroplos had to deal with demon worshipping cults springing up within mm-hmm. their own domains. Because again, this is taking years. So and then
0: you know kind of- and then and then eventually like a tomb world gets opened up, cracked open, <laughs> you
1: know like it's happened before yeah uh yeah so the minute the minotaurs arrive they wipe out the entire tyrants tyrants legion unit at cairo um again they keep to themselves they don't really work with other chapters well and they attack with unmatched ferocity until the arrives arrive some years later so again this is starting to string out years of conflict yeah uh a, a captured Astro clause apothecary it reveals he's in fact a member of the tiger claws a cursed founding chapter that was thought to be long lost from Astro Clause. You can see how they're recounting original printing. In, yeah, North
0: yeah, right.
1: Further inquisitorial research establishes that Huron had with, withheld his gene seed from the, uh, the Adeptus Mechanicus intentionally because he was trying to enlarge the size of Astro Clause beyond Codex Astartes' norms. Mm. He was secretly trying to rebuild his formerly extinct successor chapters, hiding their numbers and cooking the books within his parent chapter. Mm. So that's why they were able to take so many losses, but not lose fighting strength, because he's trying essentially to... He's been subvert, like hiding
0: gene seed for a while. Yeah,
1: yeah, subvert, uh, subvert um, numbers.
0: The
1: yeah. Inquisition does not like this at all. Um, they, they discover the Astrocloset allied themselves with heretic scavengers in order to recover their weapon stores. And what happens? The Loyalists move to intercept. The Sons of Medusa come in. The Exorcists arrive. The Exorcists are so hardcore that when you join their chapter, you are uh, possessed by a demon, and then they excise it from you, so you know how it feels. Uh, so these guys are hardcore. The Exorcists. And either you
0: get, either you die or you get rid of the demon.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. And they're so hardcore that they they can't agree with the Sons of Medusa on how to. They can't even agree with each other how to attack. And so what do they do? They remove the, the exorcists and assign them to a different force. So you see, there's no one's getting along. There, there's issues with, with uh, uh, the way the Imperium is run. There's issues with how the chapters can even uh, get along with each other. The whole thing is just a very... Uh, it's a red spot on yeah. the Imperium.
2: It's funny because I like
1: you read like a... I believe
2: you need a part two. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think, I think
2: so, anyways, I I'm going to need to get off here, so I'm throwing in my... Because I'm actually... I know nothing about this. Yeah, I, do, like, I know, like, I would bits. much rather yeah. you not try to rush it, because this is an interesting conflict. This is yeah. an interesting story, and... If um, you
1: guys like I mean,
0: it? Here we
2: go. Yeah. I do. I mean, I don't know much about Games Workshop. I, the, everything I know comes from Adeptus Ridiculous and a couple of books that I've read. So, like... Lay it out there let's see what's going on
1: all right looks like we'll continue this in a part two <laughs> there's there
2: is more yeah yeah obviously as you were starting to talk fast I could feel the pressure coming off of you that you're like there's so much to talk about
0: yeah like we'll make it a
2: do a part two, a two probably part three let's be honest
0: <laughs> so we'll go we'll get off on a tangent again yeah um well thanks to everybody for watching again our book for next week is the uh, Black Sun by, that's S-U-N, uh, by Rebecca Roanhorse. And then we'll be continuing our D&D campaign on Thursdays. Uh, and then after after the next week, obviously, it sounds like we're going to do a uh, second part of the Badab War. So thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll be back with you again on Thursday.